I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com/slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Chris Harrington joins me now. Chris, what are we listening to? So of course, please, Mr. Postman by the Marvelette for uh, Mel. Uh, my February mailbag went up uh, last night, I guess. Uh, I always enjoy the mailbags. I thought this one was particularly entertaining, I'll be honest, and I commend it to uh, all the uh, readers at of the Daily Memphian. You can find it over there. I think I've tweeted it out. If not, I will here um, shortly. So among the things that, um, that were addressed, and I won't get to all of them because I'll save some for the column itself, um, as we sort of, you know, look, look at the... Uh, at what did or didn't happen at the trade deadline and the fact that it feels like the Grizzlies, you know, will take another run at some of these players. Someone asked, um, is it possible that our assets that we have to offer aren't all that appealing? And that was not something that sort of had occurred to me in exactly that way. You know, we talk about this treasure trust of things they have to offer, but I think there's an argument. Like if you're Toronto and you've got OG Ananobi over there or, you know, whatever, you got Mikel Bridges or what, like, what is, what is the best asset that the Grizzlies have to offer? Do you think the single best asset in the collection of assets? And is it possible that it's just kind of underwhelming? Well, once you establish that you're setting aside John Morant, Jared Jackson, and Devin right. Bain, and they're off the table, right. uh, which the Grizzlies have, the best asset I think they have is the Golden State pick. And it is not clear that that pick was made available. It's not clear that it wasn't, but it's not clear that it was. If you read the specific wording on that um, Zach Lowe story about, you know, the Durant offer, which, you know, we both agree, like, that's just whatever. That's an exercise that's right. never going to go anywhere. But, you know, you make the effort, whatever. But even in that, he says, you know, offered all of their own picks and swaps, their own picks and swaps. It's not clear that the right. Golden State pick was in those. When, when the report comes out about, you know, four first-round picks for Mikel Bridges, well, that, my, my, what I hear from that is, you know, because you can't trade picks in your own pick in consecutive years. What I hear from that right. is 23, 25, 27, 29. It's not clear the Golden State pick is one of those. When you hear three for Ananobi, um, I wonder. Like, if, you know, you could do a three-pick deal just like if you could do a four-pick deal for Durant or Bridges without including that pick, you could do a three-pick deal for Ananobi. And so I don't know whether that pick was made available in any of these trades. I don't think it would have mattered in terms of Durant or Bridges, uh, even if it were. Um, but that's the best single asset the Grizzlies have. And that pick is 2024 20, unprotected, lightly protected? Do you... it's, it's top four protected in 2024. So next and then, year. Next it's year. either unprotected or, top, or, or, or protected number one. I can't remember which. So next year. 
Uh, you wouldn't expect the, you, you would not ex- the Warriors. Yeah, what you would not expect the the Warriors to. You would not predict the Warriors to be in the lottery next year, right? You'd predict them to be in the playoffs. I mean, the Warriors year. might be in the lottery this year. That's the Warriors true. were in the lottery two years ago. I mean, this is two out of three years that they're in the lottery or in danger of being in the lottery, and all those players are getting are getting older, and the and the, and the cavalry that was meant to come, Wiseman, Moody, and Kaminga is not coming. So I don't know. I think I I don't know what the Warriors are going to be like next year. I think it's entirely. And Draymond Green is a Draymond Green is a free agent, and they're already spending you know whatever. How let's yeah. see, I had the number three hundred fifty million dollars this year total salary, and that's with. With Draymond as a free agent next year, yeah. and so yes, with injuries that, you could have calamity, and they could be a top eight pick, I guess, right? I'll put it this way: that, and this brings me to the problem with the Grizzlies' own picks because they have Morant, Bain, Jackson all locked up, or they presumably will have Bain locked up this summer, and they're all so young. I think people rightly project that, like, whatever happens with the Grizzlies, like they're going to be in the lottery, you know, bar something unexpected for the next several seasons, and so that war- the Grizzlies' picks over at least for the next three years at a minimum, or and I think probably longer than that, are highly likely to be in the 20s every year. That Warriors pick, you know, who knows? It could be almost anywhere, but it is more likely to be a lottery pick, I think, than the Grizzlies' own pick over the next three seasons. And so the Grizzlies' own picks, I think people look at those and say, well, they're just going to be good. They may not be great, but they're trying to be great. They're going to be good. Those picks are going to be in the 20s more than likely. And then you look at the, the young players, and the point I made in the response to that question is that of the five of the five players on the main roster who are rookies or second-year players, I think Santi Aldama is the only one you could trade today, if you were allowed to trade today, you could trade today for the same pick it took to, to take him to begin with, would be my guess. And so, you know, I think you, you hope your own picks don't become more valuable because that would mean you've become a worse team. But I think you do hope these players will become more valuable. And then whether that whether you know as players for you on the floor or as trade pieces, you know either way. Well, you look at it, and you look for example, uh, Toronto was evidently, according to some reports, asking for Kaminga uh, as part of the OG Ananobi deal. So now, mind you, Grizzlies could not have drafted him. He went ahead of uh, Zaire Williams in right. that draft. But if you if he had turned out if Zaire Williams had turned out to be something like Kaminga, you might therefore have been able to. Well, and, and frankly, Kaminga hasn't really done much. That's true too. But I do, but, but I do think Kaminga's you know value relative to the league is higher than Zaire Williams. He's done a little bit more, and I think there's more pure athletic upside. So I do think he's probably valued a little higher at the moment as a prospect going forward than Williams is. Yeah. Of their assets, other than the draft picks, and of course the three who are saying are not tradable are off the table. Of their young players. Uh, what, what, what do you? What, who do you? How do you? How do you rank their desirability around the league now? Do you think? I mean, obviously, we're speculating, of course. Um, you know, it, yeah, it's hard to say. I, I mean, I got to think Kenny Chandler is, is last, you know, on that list. Um, Laravia. It depends on to some degree on what people, what scouting departments, how they have these guys scout out here. Right? I don't think it's just based on totally what they've done in the because they haven't played enough in terms of Laravia body. So I think for a lot of teams, they would default to how to how they have projected before the draft, not just on what they've done. Um, and so that's going to be individual team to team. As far as but I don't, I doubt you couldn't get a first round pick straight up either of them at this point. I don't think Arabia or Roddy. Um, as far as Santi Aldama and Zaire Williams, I think clearly Santi Aldama is a better player right now. 
I don't roll out that Zaire Williams is ultimately the better player. I think the kind of player he is gives him a higher upside. And I think for the Grizzlies in particular, it's hard to imagine Santi Aldama as a starter on this team, you know, anytime, anytime soon. Where if Zaire Williams like got it together and got back on track, it's sort of easier to imagine that. So, you know, Santi is better right now. I don't know how, you know, I don't know if every team would rate Santi ahead of Zaire Williams in terms of his ability as a as an asset. It's interesting. I just take those three players: Zaire, Roddy, and Laravia. Um, Yes, it would be very useful if they would develop into either, and I don't foreclose the possibility that they would develop into either very effective players as part of a Grizzlies rotation or players who have uh, more value uh, at some future time than they appear to have right now across the league. Yeah, yeah, and doing doing the first necessarily does the second, right? right. Those things are those things together. are related. Right. Yeah, absolutely. What speaking of Zaire Williams, how do you? And one of the other questions was specific to him and finding his way back into the rotation. In fact, generally, how do you think the wing rotation is going to evolve over the next little bit? And how do you see Zaire? Luke, whatever, you know, all of these guys fitting into it. Well, I had another question that came in too late to make the mailbag. It was funny. Even after I published the mailbag, I kept getting questions <laughs> on Twitter for the mailbag. But I had a question that came in too late that was, I thought was interesting. And it wasn't even a question. It was almost like a complaint. And it was, it was something like, don't the coaches know that the upside for this team, even this season, needs to be with Zaire in the rotation? And I don't know that the coaches know that. I don't know that that's true. But it do, it do, it did connect with something I'd already written on a different question about Zaire, which is that I think I think they would like for him to force his way back into the mix this season. I think if he shows shows signs, they will be eager to give him another chance this season. And I think if you look at the current rotation, and, and chances are a playoff, you know, you end up start shrinking down. But if you start out with a ten man rotation right now. Your backup wings are Luke Kennard and John Conchar, and they're just too similar to similar to each other. And I don't just mean they're both six five white guys. I mean in, ter- in terms, although the six five I think is key in this, they're both you know more spot up shooter, low usage types. Um, there's a limit to what they do athletically. Conchar is a good rebounder, but ju- there's just a lack of athletic pop and dynamism. And I do think Zaire Williams and David Roddy, and to some degree with his with the size at six eight, even Laravia give you more versatility and more pop in theory um, in your rotation. I think the problem is, like, you know, can they play, right? Zion Williams has been such a mess. But I think the best version of the Grizzlies even now would hopefully have one of those three guys instead of one of the other two to give yourself a little bit more pop and versatility in, in, in your in your rotation. Okay. And I think they would love for that to be Zion Williams still this season. Of those three, Zaire. Roddy and Laravia, who do you hold out greatest hope for? Long term, yeah, of being meaningful Grizzlies or meaningful chips long term. Zaire Williams, I, I, th- th- there's a reason he went where he went in the draft, and even though he had done nothing, like he really had the opportunity to do nothing, like, like in college, given the season the way that season went, and it's because he's six eight six nine, um, he's springy. He's smart. I mean, it was a different kind of draft pick than normal for the Grizzlies, certainly different than Roddy and LaRavia. The Grizzlies tend to draft for production over tools, and, and Williams was a chance, was the one where they went the other way. They went tools over production. And so far, that has not worked out. 
but he's had moments, and I, I, I you know, I think his his upside is, is is higher than either of those other two guys, and I would bet on it more going forward. Um, all right, the um, uh, uh, moving on to some of the other questions you uh, that that you addressed. One was, and I. I see keep people, you know, when Will Barton or someone becomes available, people will ask this. How I lost, I literally saw someone uh, grumping about it. How come we have a crappy front office? How come we're not involved in the uh, buyout market? Tell the people why they're not involved in the buyout market. Well, guy, guy, for one thing, guys are available in the buyout market for a reason. <laughs> right. You know, I mean, because, I mean, Will Barton hasn't been playing for a Washington Wizards team that's probably going to be in the lottery. Um, you know, I, he, he has been a good player in the NBA, but he has not been a good player this season to the point that he has fall, he's fallen out of the rotation for a pretty bad team. Um, and so all these guys who are available in the buyout market are available, most of them, for reasons. Um but with the Grizzlies, they don't have an open roster spot. You you can't just sign a guy. Right. You you have a max. You have fifteen man rosters in the NBA, and so you can't have more than fifteen on your main roster. And the Grizzlies have fifteen, and they don't have the only player they had on their roster was sort of expendable in a way that you, you you can see just like you know just cutting was Danny Green, who they traded to get Luke Kennard. I mean, they just used draft picks for Kennedy Chandler and, and Jake Laravia and David Roddy. They're not cutting any of those guys you know, to, to take a flyer for three months on some veteran who's washed out somewhere else. Um, lost in the, uh, lost in the, in, in the Dylan slump is the Tyus slump. What's happening with Tyus? He's slumping. I, I you know, someone, someone asked, like, is he injured? And, and I, he has not appeared on an injured list. Um, I had no reason to believe he was injured. I, I, I did make some phone calls and tried to ask, like, is there something behind the scenes here that's, like, health-related that hasn't showed up in the injury report? I was told that there is not. Um, and he's just, you know, guys have slumps. And so he, he's in a pretty bad one right now. Like, I wrote a column, a game column earlier in the year where, you know, he started for Jod, had, you know, 20 and 10 or whatever, and, and he, he he was playing the best basketball of his career for a stretch earlier this season. And the last, you know, this month, which is, you know, six or seven games or whatever, it's been pretty rough. He's made, he's only taken 10 three-pointers in the month of February. He's only made one of them. Um, he's averaging five points a game. And for a team that already is, you know, it, it, it's a it's a wasteland boarding on dumpster fire in terms of their wing rotation of late after Desmond Bain offensively, um, to get zero from your backup point guard, who they play a lot alongside John Morant, I think they play too much alongside John Morant anyway. It only adds to the problem. And so, you know, Tice has been better. You assume he'll be better. And you hope, like, you know, like a few other Grizzlies players, maybe get, get an all-star break and, and, and let you know, coming back relaxed and refreshed and ready, maybe he'll be better, you know, next week. Talking to Chris Harrington, you can read uh, his mailbag uh, over at the Daily Memphian, I will. Uh, I'll steal two more, and then I'll leave the rest to the peep to, to folks to consume on their own. It's only a two-hour show, Jeff. One is it's only a two-hour show. Uh, one is the three-point defense. Does it stink? Well, I mean, I think you know against Boston, like they, they got lit up. I mean, the general point I made when I looked at that is that the Grizzlies' three-point defense numbers on the season are pretty average, you know, they're, they're, they're sort of around league average, both in terms of how many threes they give up and how well opponents shoot. 
I think the perception that the three-point defense is bad is rooted more in how bad the three-point offense is, frankly, right. because the, the problem is the disparity between the two. You look up and, like, we've made five and they've made 15, and people <laughs> say, oh, boy, oh, the defense is bad. Right. And I think, it, I think it partly is that the Grizzlies, over generations now, have been a bad three-point shooting team. So I think maybe local fans haven't completely internalized how good three-point shooting is like in the rest of the basketball world. And so it seems like it's a defense problem when it's mostly, I think, an offense problem for the Grizzlies. All right, and then lastly, the macro one, which I may spend more time on with Jeffrey tomorrow, which is what, at this point, as we move forward, as you, what, what is the bar between a disappointing season, a successful, obviously successful depends on player development and Jaron's leap and all of that. But in terms of W's and L's and playoff success, what is the bar between uh, successful and not successful for this Grizzlies team? Yeah, I think Phoenix getting Durant more so than the Grizzlies' recent slump has altered that slightly for me. I think even if the Grizzlies maintain the two seed going into the playoffs, which I do think is probable, in terms of, like, playoff expectation, I would put them third in the West. And so to me, that means you're supposed to get to the second round. And so to me, my pass fail is, 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 is winning a first round playoff series. Um, and, you know, falling short of that would be disappointment. Um, exceeding that, I think would be a good thing. Um, but that's sort of my pass fail is getting to the second round. It's funny falling short of, in other words, losing in the first round would be clearly disappointing. But yeah. not not calamitous, honestly. You no. know, like you, you can lose a first round series, and you're still on the trajectory that you're on, well, and whatever. I, I but would it, go. Yes, I, I would go back. Hopefully, we don't like repeat history. It's not like a deja vu situation. But like go back to the last playoff years, the grind era. You know, the, their breakthrough year, which was their first year, not their second year in the playoffs, was you know they they won the first round series, won the seven games in round two. They came back the next year and they lost. They lost the first round series. That's the home court team against the Clippers. And then they went back to the conference finals the next season, right? And so when Zach Hyman says, you know, progress is not always linear, like we can look at our own past playoff history to see that 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 is, you know, often the case. And obviously, it would be great to advance, uh, you know. But if you lose in the second round, as you did last year, uh, whatever it may be, hell, you may get Phoenix in the second round. If you know, that would right. be that would be very uh, uh, a logical way this could work out. Yeah, I would. I, I think that's exactly right. And 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 some will be, oh, how can you say that? That's not, uh, yeah, I, I'm not, I, I would not. I would well, and, consider, and, yeah, and partly, we can, we can only talk in general terms right yeah. now. When the playoffs arrive, there will be specifics. It'll be who are they right. actually playing, who is healthy on the team. Right, they're playing, and right. Those, and those details will color expectations, you know, one way or another. Yes. Like if it, Durant it is healthy, lower is, expectations. And yeah, and it's not just who's healthy for the Grizzlies, who's healthy on the opponents. If they lose to a Phoenix team and Durant hasn't, you know, has gotten re-injured, that will be disappointing. Um, right. But, yes, all of this becomes much more specific. Thank you, Chris. People can read the mailbag over at the Daily Memphian. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thanks. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. 
Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.